Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. What a subject. Let me ask you a question. Hands up those who studied relationships at primary school. High school. University. Come on, there's someone here that studied relationship at uni. Three. Four. Isn't it amazing? Life is about relationships and no one teaches us. And we fumble through it. Yet it's the most important aspect of being human. Isn't that amazing? You're calling it the four rules of relationship. I want to talk about that. I've actually got five. I've got more points than a porcupine, I'll tell you. Together, I like that. Together. You see, here's what the Bible says in Genesis. God creates man and woman, and he says this. It's not good for them to be alone. Right there is a creative statement about you and me. We're better together. We're better together. God does everything through relationships. Well, mostly. Do you know, as a Christian, I've probably had about... I've been a... You know, next year I'm 50 as a Christian. Yeah, it's 49. And when we did our... 43 years of ministry, our team secretly put together a book with all our photos from the time we were born until today, showing everything, all our ministry, everything. And in it was my born-again certificate in 1968 and my baptism certificate. And you know, some of the young people in our church, our sons and daughters in the faith, they looked at it, one or two of them started to weep. Just They got all teary because they said, Pastor, you've been a Christian for nearly 50 years. Don't say that. <laughs> but you know what? In those 50 years, I can count maybe one or two, three times God did something directly with me. You know most of the time? It came through this beautiful woman, or my church, or my leaders, or my friends. God is the God of incarnation. He, he doesn't do things separately from other people. He dispenses his grace a bit to you, a bit to you, a bit to you, a little bit, gives you that, gives you this, right? So how do I get those graces? I need to be in relationship with you and you. I need to get connected. So as I'm in connection, I need encouragement. She has encouragement. I need correction. I've got pastors. Right? I've got a financial need. All of a sudden, God lays on your heart to help me. See how it works? When I was a young Christian, I was in a band. I had long hair and everything. And we used to sing stuff like, Jesus and me. 
We've got a good thing going. Yeah, you know. What a load of rubbish. It should be, we've got a good thing going with Jesus. I haven't got it all by myself. No matter how great a leader I am, no matter how great a musician, no matter how gifted I am compared to other people, in God's economy, I've only got a piece of the picture, and it's together that God supplies. But we, we shouldn't be surprised about that because God even did that himself. For God so loved the world, he sent a doctrine. No. For God so loved the world, he sent a Bible. No, the Bible came after his incarnation. And the Bible was given to confirm and to be the written testament of what had already happened. He so loved us, he sent his son. Jesus was the personification of everything God is and wanted for us. So to know God, we know Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isn't that amazing? See, God does everything through relationships. Relationships are our supply lines. Yet none of us have been taught relationships. Many of us, like myself included, have been brought up in families that have been dysfunctional. So we have no model, we have no foundation, we have no concept. But then God brings us into the church. And we have great pastors, like Pastor Mel and Paul, who model marriage and leadership. And I come from a broken home and a broken dysfunctional background. I see that and go, I can have that too. I come from a poor background. I come from a home that didn't have much money and we never owned our own home. And then I meet you guys and you own your own home. And I go, I can do that too. And it's through the body, it's through the church that God incarnates as truth. But if I'm not connected, it doesn't happen. And we live in a world of disconnection, yet we're the most connected generation. I'll tell you a funny story. I went to the supermarket or the, uh, you know, Westfield. I go shopping with my wife. Do you do that, brother? All the time. I do it because of the generosity of my heart. Do you do that too, brother? That's why I admire you. And my wife says this. Your wife doesn't, obviously. But my wife says, honey, can you take me to Westfield? I'll only be there for a minute. <laughs> it's never a minute. So... I've made a study of the different shopping centres. I know where the bookshops are. I know where the cafes are. And so Joe says to me, I've just got to pop in here and pop in there. I say, look, I'm going down to this cafe. Come, give me a call. And it's always half an hour and hour. You, you, sorry, darling. We had our 44th wedding anniversary the other day. 44 years. So she knows there's no animosity in this, it's just the truth. <laughs> and I sat down at the table and I got my coffee and I began to do a bit of mail and stuff, you know. And in comes this young couple, they're in their mid-twenties, they looked like they were dating, they, I can't remember, they might have even been married, I don't know. But they were dating 
And they came in, they sat down, they ordered their food, and I watched them, and I thought, oh, what a beautiful young couple. And I thought, look at that young lady. No wonder he's dating her. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. You know, he never looked at her for 20, 25 minutes. They never spoke a word. They sat at the table. They even spoke to the waiter who bought their coffee, but they didn't speak to each other. This is what they did. For 20, 25 minutes... They're on their devices. And I'm, I'm, then I'm, I'm, you know, because I'm a pastor, this is preaching material. <laughs> so I'm looking without, you know, staring. And then it's like weird. So it wasn't weird. And I'm watching. And I'm, I'm, this is what I'm saying. Say something to her. Just say she's beautiful. Say it's a lovely day. Say something. He said nothing. And here he's sitting in front of this gorgeous woman. Then I thought, he wasn't too bad looking, neither. I thought, you know, he's a pretty good looker. He's dressed smart. He looked like he was a business guy, educated. She didn't even look at him. Generation of isolation. We're up to here with communication, but not connection and relationship. Look at the latest stats. I've got some stats here. Look at this. And this is from... Uh, uh, the latest stats that are out, and it's pretty scary. And what we find is this. This is Australia. It says this. One in four households in Australia consist of people living alone. That's 25%. By 2026, over 30% are going to be living to, alone. But listen to this. You would say, oh, well, that's... Uh, Maybe separated divorced people and older people, widowed people, right? You'd think that. That's how I'd think. No, no. Do you know the greater number, and it's increasing, it's outstripping that, are 18 to 30-year-olds, average, who choose to live alone. So, that, so we've got a generation now where people are saying, I don't want the hassle of family. I don't want the hassle of other people. I just want my own space. Now, I know some people have to live alone, right? Because they're widowed or something happens, that they're here for a short... I'm not talking about that. What the stats are showing is that we've got a generation now who know people. I've got 2,000 friends. But they don't talk to them. They never have a coffee. They, they never engage... And then we've got a generation of loneliness. Look what's happening, because this is, the, this is what they're finding. Look at this. People in supportive, loving relationships are more likely to feel healthier, happier, satisfied with their lives, and less likely to have mental and physical health problems. Why is that? It's because when we're isolated... All by ourselves, we accentuate our problems. Have you ever thought like this? Nathan, he looked at me strange. He hates me. I know he hates He's got a problem, man. The way he looked at me. And then you go home and you stew over it. You, oh man, that Nate, I'm gonna, I better be ready to fight him, man. When I go to church next week, he comes near me, I'm gonna whack him, man. Man, I knew he was against me. 
So in my little head all by myself, I build up a whole case about Nathan. You know what happened when he looked at me? He ate too much cheese <laughs> at morning tea. And as he looked up at me, he went, and, but I read it and in myself. But you see, if I've got a friend and I go to Paul and say, hey, Paul, you know that guy, Nathan, mate, he's angry at me. Do you know what Paul says? Get a life. What do you mean? He's not angry. I know him. He's my relative. <laughs> He's not angry. Well, he scowled at me. Well, do you know he actually has to have indigestion today? No? Oh. See, fellowship normalizes things. We get by ourselves and build up cases about people. So then the next time I meet him, I'm ready. So how are you going today? You tosser. <laughs> so, and he did nothing. He, wow. And now I've ruined a relationship. See, we're better together. I need Nathan and I need Paul, but we've got to have open communication and talk. When I'm talking in my head, I distort reality. And we need friends around us to say, get a life. But he frowned at me. Even if he did, who cares? Right? We need people around us that normalize life. Proverbs 6 to 18 and 1. For whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and breaks out against all sound judgment. We need to know there's power in who we know. Our culture teaches us there's power in what we know. Because we're so edumacated, and I'm a school teacher, and I love education. I've got a PhD and a DD and whatever. It's great, but let's listen. I've met a lot of people that know a lot and are not nice people. <laughs> it's who you know. It's who you know, and what we know should enrich relationships. Who you know brings power into your life. Who you know brings connection, brings encouragement, brings resources. Who we know, we're better together. Turn to the person next to you and say, we're better together. The biggest mistake in life is trying to do things alone. The church is all about team. That's why church is so awesome. Everything's about team. You've got senior pastors. You've got board. You've got... You know, church isn't a one-man band. It's, there's no lone rangers. Do you want me to tell you a lone ranger joke? The lone ranger and Tonto, they're surrounded and they're fine. And the lone ranger says, Hey, Tonto, it looks like it's over. It's finished. We're surrounded. Ma'am, we're going to die. And Tonto says, you're going to die. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> he got, who got my joke? They were surrounded by Indians and Tonto was, anyway, it's, 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 it's all all good. What hinders us from making connections? Let's move very quickly. 
let's get practical. What hinders us from relationships and connecting? Number one, we're too busy. We have a badge in our society. You say to people, hey, Nathan, how are you going? I'm so busy. And we're like, wow, I wish I could live like him. He's so busy. We're not worthy. Oh, busy one. I'm so busy. No, they're not busy. They're disorganized. <laughs> Their priorities are wrong. When a person's too busy, we're all busy, but listen to me. If we're too busy about money, career, sport, fitness, whatever, and we don't give time to our relationships, we're actually creating failure and complication and difficulty in our lives. It's, we can all be busy, but listen, let's put our relationships first. Let's never be too busy. Number two, how can we uh, hinder connection? We're too self-absorbed. iPhone. It's all about me. So we go into relationships. What do I get out of it? Like I, I, the, my marriage isn't working, bro. Why is that? Because it's 50-50 and she don't give 50-50. No, marriage is 100-100. It's both giving everything. That's when a marriage works. That's when a relationship works. Number three, too many foibles. Who's ever watched John Cleese, How to Irritate People? <laughs> see, see, we've got two extremes in human nature. Uh, one end, we've got sanguine cholerics, and, and they're always talking and running the show. That can actually hinder relationships. If, if you're that way, you, you need to be quiet and take a breath and let other people talk. That's how you develop relationships. But on the other end, you've got shy people like your phlegmatics and your melancholies. And they... But you see, you've got to get out of that too. That can become a foible. We can use our personalities as an excuse not to connect. But even phlegmatics need to connect right? Cholerics need to correct. You can't do it all yourself. And so we need to come out of ourselves. We need to, need to learn how to connect and, and allow relationships to happen. We're too concerned with getting to connect. We, we live in a world of networking. Ever been at a party? You go to a, an engagement party and someone gives you their business card. It's like, get a life. <laughs> We're at a party. <laughs> hey, if you ever need to buy some of my pro, you know, just among friends, mates' rates. No, 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 no. Connect, relate, don't network. We're too remote communication orientated. Talked about that couple before. We're all on this, but we're not talking. Eye to eye, ear to ear, mouth to mouth, listening, listening, talking. Relating. We have a rule when our grandkids come round. I have a shelf. You come in. Mobiles. iPhone. Turn them off. Oh, puppy, but I want to play one more game. I'm nearly up to the, the threshold. I don't care. You come to see me. Put it up there. Oh, okay. So last time my grandkids come round, I said, oh, okay, kids, come round. They all come round, 14 of them. I said, no TV. No devices. And you see, we're going to have fun. 
How can you have fun with an, uh, without an iPad? You, you can, actually. You can have a lot of fun. It's called relating. It's called connecting. And you see, we can live in a world where we have virtual communication, but God created us to have actual communication, not in the third person. Have you ever had someone say, I feel really bad about this, I couldn't talk to you about it, so I wrote you a letter? No, 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 don't write me a letter, come and talk to me about it. Obey Matthew 18. If you have a problem, go and talk about it. And you know what I find? When people write a letter, they've got hours to get every word right. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Every word is precise. Whereas when you meet in person, it's more personable. And we're talking and it softens. Just imagine if my wife and I have an argument. So I send her an email. Dear Joe, I have five things to say. One, two, kind regards, husband. <laughs> Not going to work. Number five, the last one, very quickly. Quick, how have we got? I've got so much time. This is awesome, man. I'm loving this. Thank you, pastors. We're too familiar to see opportunities for connection and friendship. We're blinded by familiarity. You know, I'm uh, known in some places as the love doctor. <laughs> yeah, I've done a bit of matchmaking in my time. <laughs> this is what young guys say to me. I said, mate, have you got a girlfriend? No, I'd like one. Well, what's the problem? Is anything wrong? No. They go like this. There's nobody. Say that again, I, there's nobody in this church. There's 2,000 people. <laughs> you can't find one. Like I said to one guy, I said, mate, why don't you get married? Come on. You're getting, you're getting old. You need some cup. Would you like to be married? Oh, I'd love to be married. I said, why, why aren't you dating? There's no girls available. <laughs> I said, blinded. I said, do you know Maddie? He goes, Maddie who? <laughs> See, he says, I shut. I said, she's gorgeous. She's available. She's bright. I reckon you two. Mm. <laughs> he goes, well, I don't know who she is. The love doctor <laughs> is in town. So I said, on Sunday morning after the meeting, I'm going to get off the pulpit and I'm going to go and speak to her. I want you to follow me. But I don't want you to be weird, like. <laughs> I said, when I walk over to her, you just look and then you just kind of walk past. And as you walk past, I'll introduce you. He goes, can you do that? <laughs> oh, yes, you can do that. <laughs> and so after the meeting, I got down, I went over and I went, hi, Michelle, hi, Pastor, gave me a big kiss. And here he comes. I go, hey, mate, come here. Do you know Maddie? And he goes, no. <laughs> oh, by the way, I also said to him, then I'm going to leave you and then ask her out on a date. <gasps> oh, 
He says, what if she says no? I says, what have you won? What have you lost? Nothing. You only look like an idiot for a second. Here's the true story. Manny, Tony, Jody. Hi. Oh, sorry, I've got to go. Because, oh, hi, Maddie, how you going and stuff? I've been noticing you in the church. <laughs> what a smooth talk. He told me this later. And you know what he said to her? He said, um, how about we do coffee or something? She said, I'd love to. Oh. They're married today. <laughs> Leaders in the church, come on. Hey, you've got to open your eyes. There's no one. I've had older people. I said, I said, I'm talking to an older guy in our church. I said, are you doing it? You don't look good. What's going on? He says, I'm a bit lonely. I can't make friends. There's, there's, no, there's no people my age in this church. We've got a whole department called Prime for over 55s. Full of people. Come on. You... Open your eyes. Don't, don't be closed. Don't be blinded by familiarity. Be open to friendships and relationships. They're here. Look at this growing church. There's beautiful people. But if you don't turn up, like a guy said to me recently, I said, mate, are you coming to the meeting? He said, no, I can't. I'm too busy, but I'm with you in spirit. <laughs> I said, well, it'd be nice to have some of your body there too. See, you can pretend to care, but you can't pretend to turn up. Anyway, I'll just leave that with you there, right there. Very quickly, we're going to finish. We've got five minutes. We're going to finish this really quickly. Let me give you five rules of relationship. Very quick. You ready to go? Number one, it's up to you and me to connect. Oh, this church is so unfriendly. No one speaks to me. Oh, well, I'll go home. Do you know why people don't connect with people like that? Because they, they look like a problem. <laughs> people say, oh, that's unchristian. God looks on the heart. Yeah, I know, but he's the only one that does. <laughs> if we just stay indolent and, and, and in ourselves, we're, we're never going to have relations. We've got to open up. It's up to you and me to connect. Oh, that, oh, that Nathan guy, he doesn't look good. Okay. Straight up, it's up to me. Hi, Nathan, how you doing? Nathan, I just want to say how I respect what you do in the church. I see you're doing stuff. Thank you. Look, he's smiling. Before he was frowning, now he's smiling. <laughs> We ought to do coffee sometime. How about it, mate? I've made a friend. But if I stay here, oh, that Nathan guy, and he's like, oh. <laughs> but once I connect, I find out he's got diarrhea. <laughs> I find out he's got the, he's got the runs or whatever. I've got to, you've got to find out. Is this helping anybody? Deep truth here today. Relationship rule number two. Provide value to someone. 
Add value. How do we add value? Listen to me. Here's how we add value. When people feel good, feel inspired, accepted, and understood, we have added value to them. Have you ever walked away from a friendship because it's just... It's like you go, go in to have coffee and you come out. You need counselling and therapy. Because the moment you walk in with that person, they suck all the enthusiasm out of you. Oh, the church did this, and my wife and my husband and the young people today, and when they did this, and oh, and do you know what that church did to me? That church, what, all 500 of them? Please. But how good is it when you go to a person and instead of them talking about them and their problem, they ask you, how's your day going? How's your job? How's your family? You think, wow. Then you, and you ask them and you lift each other up. And you go away from that relationship. Wow, I like that. You've added value. Add value to people. Don't take add value. Number three, very quickly, here we go. Oh, this is cool. We're going to finish on time. We have to nurture and foster our relationships. Pastor Paul, have a guess what a husband said to me one day. No, no, don't, no. That's, it's a hypothetical position. You see what I mean, how we get each other? But anyway, there we go. So this is what he said to me, because I knew he had a few marriage problems. They were okay, but they didn't have the fire. Didn't have the, you know, the... Ooh, you know, it was kind of like the wife, you know. So I said to him, well, what about Valentine's Day? Talk to me about Valentine's oh, I said, I don't believe in Valentine's Day, mate. I said, why? Oh, he says, well, two things. He says, number one, flowers die within seven days. That's a waste of money, isn't it? And he says, number two, it's just a commercialization. I said, have you asked your wife that? You've got to foster. Even if you think Valentine's Day isn't very important, it's probably important to her. Yeah, see? Did you hear what she said? You bet. That's for the people down the back. Or just imagine if I said to the, my wife, I've got a present. I said, oh, here's your birthday present. I just want you to know I don't like doing it. It costs a lot of money, but hey, I'm your husband, so there you have it. <laughs> but, oh, we're going to have a great relationship, right? No, you have to foster and nurture your relationship. When's her birthday? When's our wedding anniversary? When's Valentine's Day? Right? What's important? Right? What? What? Sometimes I would just have flowers at home when she comes home. She said, what's that for? Oh, just because you're special? No, and that gets the marriage happening, I tell you what, man. You've got to foster and develop your relationship. You know, on the phone every day, every day, I would spend, and I've got wide connections, but I would spend probably 20, to half, 20 minutes to half an hour every day looking whose birthdays it are all over the world. You go, oh, that's just... No, no, I'm fostering relationships. I'm thinking of people. And people come back immediately. One guy came back. It was on the other side of the world. It was like 2 a.m. his time. He came back and said, what are you doing up? 
said, oh, thanks for wishing me a happy birthday. You've got to foster your relationships. Last one, number four, in life think big, in relationships think small. What do I mean? Well, that's a Gordon Moore special and it's free. In life think big, generous, vision, life's great, but in relationships think small. My wife likes black coffee with a little dash of hot milk. Not a big dash, not a teeny weeny dash, but a dash. (laughs) My wife likes to clean the house on Friday mornings. You do not leave the house Friday morning (laughs) without cleaning the house. So have a guess what I do. I vacuum it. But our house is the cleanest. When our cleaners come, they love our house because they hardly have to clean it because it's already clean, but we clean it. My wife cleans her house before the cleaner comes. Right? So if I think big, oh, that's a waste of time. How are we going to serve Jesus within the kingdom? No, no, I vacuum the floor. Are you getting me? With your friend, what is your friend like? What do they don't like? In life, think big. In relationships, think small. Get down to the deep. It's in the detail. It's in the little things. And if you and I would commit to doing the little things every day for our friends, our kids, our wives, our husbands, whoever, our pastors, our just the little wee things, if we would do those things, have a guess what we're going to have? Awesome relationships. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.